of the Rewind It Back Movie Podcast. As always, I'm Bill. We got Tim here, Jim, and a newcomer to the show, Joe De Palma, coming in from all the way in the Great White North, the Switzerland of America, New Hampshire. How's it going up there, Joe? How's the weather? Oh, it's cold. Did you get any snow we, yet? Not yet, but we were at 29 degrees last night. Jeez. Reason my baguettes off. <laughs> Damn, 20. I was dreading 40 this morning when I woke up, 29. Our, our high today was 48. God bless you. I want to forget during the one snowstorm we had, we were all bitching and complaining about shoveling a foot of snow outside, and you took a picture of your back door, and it was like up to the doorknob on the back patio. Oh, yeah. That's pretty common up here. <laughs> well, good to have you, Joe. Thanks for joining us. Uh, so, so tonight's topic is the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, Last Action Hero which is a, a 1993 action comedy directed and produced by John McTiernan. It's basically a film of cliches containing several parodies of action films in the form of films within the film, if that makes sense. I think I just blacked out there. Film stars Arnold Schwarzenegger as Jack Slater, <laughs> an L.A. police detective within the Jack Slater action film franchise. Austin O'Brien co-stars as Danny Madigan, a boy magically transported into the Slater universe, and Charles Dance as Benedict, who is a ruthless assassin who escapes to the real world. So I was reading when this movie first came out, it had failed to meet the expectations of the studio. Apparently they were still editing it like three weeks before it came out in theaters. It was a critical and commercial disappointment. But then once it came out on VHS, that's when it kind of, I guess, spread through the word of mouth and established itself as a, as a cult classic. Also was reading that it also didn't do well at the box office for two reasons. Uh, basically, one was because it came out in the summer of 1993, right around when Jurassic Park came out. So no one was really about action comedies at that time. Everyone was about going to see dinosaurs. And I guess people took the film too seriously. They didn't think it would be a comedy with all like the, the parodies in it. I guess they came, were out, came out two years too early. Yeah. Well, this was like... <laughs> this this- if this, this came, came out, out like, after, like, Happy Gilmore, it would have been a huge hit. <laughs> yeah, well, instead, it, for, for Schwarzenegger, it came out, like, right after um, Terminator 2, I think it was, right? It wasn't Terminator 2, yeah. like, 91 yeah. or 92? Mm-hmm. You said it, you hit the nail on the head, Jim. If it just came out two years too early for people to understand what the point of it was. I think I was a VHS guy for this. I don't, I don't remember this even being in the movies. Oh, like, yeah, I, I saw this, yeah. Jurassic Park, yeah. I saw the theater, but not this. Yeah. Maybe even it, HBO for me or Prism. I think it was a, like a Friday night go to Blockbuster with your parents. I think I saw it like on the shelf and grabbed it, one of those deals. But I had never even heard of it. So the marketing for this movie was either just totally eclipsed. Because it actually, like when I saw the cover, I was like, oh, this looks, you know, I'm in like fourth grade. I'm like, this looks great. Schwarzenegger, explosions, I'm in. And But I don't remember seeing commercials or seeing like talk show interviews or anything when it came out in 93 i think it just got totally eclipsed like you said bill and the thing was i looked into this a little bit last night because like you jim i had never saw any and I, I saw this on vhs and i was probably 12 maybe 13 years old for the first time back in the late 90s and i looked into this last night out of my own curiosity and there was actually a, a line of toys you could buy there was the Jack Slater figure. It had like an exploding trench coat and some other accessories. There was a Danny Madigan toy. There was a Benedict toy. There was a death toy for Ian McKellen is death. So there was all kinds of like toys for the movie, but I guess either they didn't sell well or again, being subsumed in the Jurassic Park hysteria of that, that summer, it's hard, it's hard to not, it's hard to, you know, overcome that. I think for any movie, regardless of the genre. Toys would probably even be a bigger hurdle. You got to think like Power Rangers were probably coming out then. They were huge, like X-Men toys, Batman toys. Not to mention the three-foot Tyrannosaurus you could buy for Jurassic Park that exactly. I still have. I don't see too much room on the shelf for those toys at uh, Toys R Us. I don't remember seeing them at all. I had no clue there was a toy line. Yeah, neither did I. I think the only thing I knew about is that there was maybe a video game for it, but I didn't know there was a whole toy line. A video game? Yeah, I think it was for uh, I think it was for either Super Nintendo or just regular NES. It also came out. You gotta remember, Phillies are winning every night in '93, so <laughs> it was it was. You know, I, I definitely remember seeing Jurassic Park in the theaters because it was like you just had to go see it. But like like every night, like you, they 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 won. Like when I'm ten, 
that had never happened before. Like the last time that had happened, I was like six months old. Last time they had a winning season. So it was like the perfect time for me just to just that's like a good step. point for local boys from Philadelphia. That was a crazy that was one of the craziest summers of my that life. That was like yeah, it was like the greatest summer ever. It was like the greatest year of my life up until like I became an adult. It was just you guys were a few years younger than us, but I like I think I was going to, it was like one of the first numbers I remember where I was able to go out and just, you know, roam the neighborhood on my own, like without my mom, like saying who's, you know, I just leave my house at 8 a.m. And then you're, you're out all day. Like that's, that's, that's definitely a, a good point. Like there's a lot of distractions that summer that yeah could have eclipsed this movie for sure. And I think my family had just put a pool in the backyard. So it was like every night it was oh. like jump out of the pool, jump inside with your friends. You're watch the now, you're, now you're just showing off. Now you're now showing off. off. Yeah, but I, I, seriously, if I go back and ask them, I would probably say like 92 is when they put that pool in. And so that might have been the first summer that it was open. And so it was just like, it's just like every night was just awesome. Yeah, it was just like, you know, I, I thought this came out in 94. And then when I saw that it came out in 93, I'm like, that's why I never saw it. Because there was just so much shit going on that summer that I was just way too busy, you know. Joe, Joe, if you want to catch up on your toy collecting and grab some last action hero toys, I'm on eBay. What's the most expensive one? You can pretty much grab them for close to retail prices still in the box. I think you can get Jack Slater's car in the box for like 30 bucks. I've never even seen it. They, they are... I don't know, for our listeners, I can't give you a visual, but to describe it, it looks like the Police Academy toys. If you guys remember those Police Academy movie toys that were pretty awful, uh, like really cartoony looking um, toys. They they look just like them. Uh, you can get a Jack Slater in the box for 15 bucks here. That's not bad. That, that's basically free. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it was like five bucks back in 1993. So that's yeah. That the inflate the, the the markup on that's not too much in the box sealed. Yeah, you know that box smells like cigarettes, though, man. Right? You know, you think that <laughs> it's box got a nice shell it's it. Cheap cigarettes. He comes with a couple sticks of dynamite, some dumbbells, brick wall. I guess he can run through. There you it's, go. It's exploding trench coat. <laughs> this might be an early Christmas present. Oh, too funny. All right, so we'll uh, we'll dive into the plot here. Danny Madigan is a teenager living in a crime-ridden area of New York City with his widowed mother. Following his father's death, Danny takes comfort in watching action movies, especially the series featuring the indestructible L.A. cop Jack Slater at his local movie theater owned by Nick, who acts as the pro- projectionist. Nick gives Danny a golden ticket once owned by Harry Houdini to see an early preview of Jack Slater 4 before its official release. So... This guy, Nick, I uh, I don't know what his deal is. He's can't do that storyline today. I know creepy he was old guy hanging but... out with thirteen year old boys. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah not and, and, you know, some dilapidated theater in Harlem. Yeah, you know, I mean, just it looked. I mean, just the, although if they if they wanted to talk about a rundown looking part of New York City, they picked the right spot. It was ugly looking, and a, an eighty year old man cranking wheels on a projector. But thirteen-year-old boys, yeah, that movie is not. This is not getting made today, no. regardless of who. We, who our the minds were still innocent back then. It didn't occur to anybody there would be something crooked going on there. Yeah, inviting the kid in only him midnight on a school night, watch the opening a uh, free pass to see the new movie. Yeah, God knows what he was doing in that projector room as the kid was watching. <laughs> no, <movie>. yeah. <laughs> Didn't he like find him like passed out like on a beanbag chair at one point, like in the theater? We slept through the whole movie, right? The, yeah. the, the uh, said he was sleeping. Yeah. In the guy's defense, he was like, like sixty years old, and if I went to see a movie now at thirty-eight at midnight, I'd probably sleep through the entire movie myself. So, definitely at that uh, age where uh, you're gonna fall asleep in movies. Um. So then he starts. He starts watching the film and. Um, Jack Slater 4 and it just opens up and it right out of the shoot like Arnold Schwarzenegger his character Jack Slater he has just these these one-liners when he's walking into the building because there's a what's it, the hostage situation that's no, not a hostage situation is it I forget but yeah repeat do not let him in piece of cake hey you want to be a farmer here's a couple of acres Decker the next one I'll hurt 
the captain. I, I forgot about the captain. He might be one of the best characters in the movie. Oh but, my god, yeah. He was the, this, animated for sure. The smoke coming out of his ears when he's yelling incoherently at Arnold. <laughs> Classic. See if you can pull that rambling scene out where he's just losing his mind in the office and like like uh, Joe said, smoke's coming out. That might have been his best scene. Uh here we go. Here's the scene. It's like Gary it's like Gary Chief in a an eighties movie. Yeah, it's you slipped the butt on it. Cut, take it toes like a take from you. I got the California Ranger cousin doing all me a bunch of the Tyler Hand Frank doing all me a bunch of in my foot of silver. Tiny Timber stepped on to the toilet. So what? You ball peen jack of meters. I slipped the butt on it. Cut, take it toes like a take from you. You know, you're taking a new marriage, which you're never going to get this business. You're down the beach. You're going to have a beach. You know, you take the chicken off the back. Well, see if this is clear enough. Give me your badge. And this time, you won't get it back. What, uh, that's like the guy from uh, what's that movie with uh, Eddie Murphy, Beverly Hills Cop, the the chief in that movie. That, that's yeah, I think that's what the that. spoof they were going for there. Yeah, was. that guy was great. Oh, uh, what the hell is his name? I still remember the prank call. The guy was impersonating him in Beverly Hills Cop too. Detective Todd. <laughs> yeah, he was awesome. He lays <laughs> into him. Yeah. It's it's Lieutenant Todd or something. The only thing I got from that rant that we just played was California Raisins, I think he said in the beginning. <laughs> that and I heard Diary of Anne Frank, too. Yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> during the film, the ticket stub magically transports Danny into the fictional world, interrupting Slater in the middle of a car chase. After escaping their pursuers, Slater takes Danny to the LAPD headquarters, where Danny points out evidence of the fictional nature of Slater's world, such as the presence of numerous beautiful women and a cartoon cat detective named Whiskers, and says that Slater's friend John Practice should not be trusted. Though Slater takes all of this as part of Danny's wild imagination, Slater's supervisor, Lieutenant Decker, who we just listened to, assigns Danny as his new partner and instructs him to investigate criminal activities related to the mafia boss, Tony Vivaldi. So <laughs> um, throughout all of this, when Danny talks about like, hey, there's, there's not one, there's every woman in this universe is beautiful when they're in that video store. It looked like they're in a blockbuster and Sylvester Stallone, like there's that, that cardboard cutout of him as the Terminator. Yeah, he, he was the Terminator, right? Yeah. yeah, but at this at this point in the movie, like the the parody of everything starts to open up. Yeah, you know, the subtle jokes are, are are good, even when they when they go see Frank. And I forgot to mention that Frank is um, Slater's what is it? His second cousin who ends up getting killed by Benedict and uh, that mafia boss Tony Vivaldi. And then when they go to his house and Schwarzenegger finds him dead, he's like counting on those cards down from five and the, there's the bomb goes off arnold survives and the two cops that were with him end up in the tree and the black cop says like oh two days till retirement which is kind of like a nod to danny glover because that was his running <laughs> shtick and lethal weapon saying like i'm too old for this shit or I'm, 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 I'm two years two weeks away from retirement so there's a lot of and even like arnold like kind of is making fun of himself too this one i came out before true lies which is kind of this is like kind of a parody of true lies before true lies came out Told you two years too early. Oh, yeah. Charles or uh, Walter Dance. Uh, he's he was in Game of Thrones. He was the father. Great actor. Great villain. He always oh, yeah. plays a great villain. Uh, he might have been oh. my he might have been one of my favorite uh, characters in this whole movie. I thought he was a great villain. Did he have an eye that was like a like a smiley face? His was, glass eye. Yeah, wasn't it like a, a grenade too? Didn't it like it yep. exploded in one scene? It did. Gift. They had that. They had the. Uh, they had his bullseye eye. They had the smiley face, as they pointed out. We had. There was another one that was like a lizard eye or something like that. It was red and black, something like that. But yeah. one thing that really stands out to me, if we could t since we've been talking about sort of the the tropes within tropes, right? So playing spoof on all these movies. When I saw the Stallone cutout again, because I watched this last night along with Bill, and when I saw the Stallone cutout, it made me immediately flash to Demolition Man. Which, if you remember, Schwarzenegger's president in Demolition Man, and to the, I, and thinking about this time in in the '90s, they're basically the pinnacle of action movies. Arnold a little bit on the higher end, I think, than Stallone at the time, because he was a little bit more comical. But they're basically all, almost the same style of movie, just fun, not taking those too seriously. You know, everyone's beautiful. The, the attire is strange on the women, for example. All these sort of random facts I was thinking about with Demolition Man are basically this movie. And yeah. I, I just got I got a bucket of laughs out of that last night watching this. <laughs> yeah, that Arnold definitely owned the '90s for sure. Stallone kind of took a step back in the '90s. 
he had more quality movies in the 80s, but Arnold definitely had more hits in the 90s, I guess you could say. What was Stallone's big movie in the 90s? Demolition Man was that was, that was probably was one Judge, of them. Judge Dredd. Judge Dredd. Yeah, that they was were kind of like 96. Yeah, that was big. Cliffhanger yeah, came out too, didn't it? Also what, 96. What, yeah. What else came out? Sorry. Cliffhanger? I don't know how. Oh, yeah. I don't know how big of a movie that was, but that was a lot of f bombs in that one. <laughs> I remember I got in trouble for watching it when I was a kid. John Lithgow screaming, John Lithgow just screaming, "Fuck you!" to everybody. It's like blaring <laughs> on my TV. My like grandfather's like, "What are you watching?" Well, it's the one where he's arm wrestling and, uh, over the top, and I think oh that came God. out like ninety ninety one, where he's like taking that kid again, a little creepy, taking a kid cross country in the truck, and they like go to these CD bars and arm wrestle everybody. Hey, and he had that special grip because over top of his thumb. Yes. He beats these humongous fucking dudes. And, oh, it's great. That movie was like 90% just bicep flexing, like just exploding veins and biceps. That movie. But the threshold for that's kind of low, right? I mean, there's no, no one has any yeah. expectation when the cover of the box is a giant 18 wheeler and Stallone with a bicep. Like, if you see, <laughs> if you see the, if you see the poster, I mean, that's what, what do you expect out of that movie? What do you say? It signed me up. It signed me up. <laughs> and then he hit a terrible Rockies movie in, in the 90s. I kind of killed him. He had Rocky Five kind of. Yeah. That that was was yeah, yeah I kind of st- stung him for a while. Kind of stung Jen. The movie's terrible. No, I, I stunned him as in like stunt. Like, oh, okay. like he didn't, he kind of like knocked him back for a few years because he didn't do too much right. That was like 90 on the nose, I think, Rocky Five. Yeah. And he didn't yeah. do too much for a few years after that. Like, terrible mission, man. <laughs> yeah, that was like '94, right? '93. He didn't like go find himself after that. Danny guides Slater to Vivaldi's mansion, recognizing its location from the start of the movie. There, they meet Vivaldi and his henchman, Mister Benedict. Danny later claims that Vivaldi and Benedict were the ones who killed Slater's second cousin, Frank. But Slater has no evidence, and they are forced to leave. However, Benedict is curious as to how Danny knew. And he and several hired guns follow Slater and Danny back to Slater's home. There, Slater's daughter, Whitney, and Danny thwart the attack. Though Benedict end up, ends up getting the ticket stub, he discovers its ability to transport him out of the film. Sonya Blade, right? His Sonya daughter Blade, was uh, Bridget Nielsen. Yep. Veronica she's, Vaughn from Billy she's Madison. In, there was a lot. The, a lot of the uh, actors in this movie were casualties in the '90s. You didn't see to the kid Austin. What's his name? He kind of didn't make it out of the 90s. Yeah, he and, uh, she was another one. You don't see too much of her after the 90s. Yeah, that's true, but at least she married up in the world. She married tennis pro Pete Sampras. So, yeah, I guess so, she don't need to do much after you marry Pete Sampras, right? No. <laughs> She's living. Although I suspect, I was thinking about this actually last night, The re- I su- maybe the reason she got cast in Mortal Kombat, the original one, was because she beat the shit out of some you know terrorists in this movie. Because she did a pretty good job after getting slapped around a little bit. Get the guy in the balls and threw him across the room. I mean, how do you beat that? She gave uh, uh, Adam Sandler and Billy Madison a couple good uh, jabs to the face in the scene where she's beating the shit out of him by the uh, the fountain pool, telling him to go back to school. Yeah, I'm just looking at her filmography. She's, she was apparently working up until 2008, but no movies that I – or no shows that I heard of. I love the fight sequence in that scene. <laughs> <laughs> with, he, just, he he all the the Uzis that they have, and he kills all the the guys. And the, the one part that made me laugh was when he took this like this uh, this electrical cable cord, stuck it on a guy who was already dead sitting on the chair, and he's like convulsing <laughs> and fires the gun and kills a bunch of other guys. I know exactly. See, so you're talking exactly. about yeah. the guy's like sitting in the chair, like shaking it. Oh, it's great. Doesn't he like put the the the, the the date at the door, like the kid, the girl's date answers the front door. What was the guy's name? Like, was it a skizzy or skeevy or something? <laughs> and then he reaches in and, like, points the two guys' guns at each other and blows them away. That was a great scene. Yeah. Great scene. Great scene. <laughs> that's right before he transitions into the – that's really where the movie, like, takes off into the real world, right? Doesn't he go into the real world right after that? Or is that where they – after they helicopter the fat guy – uh, um, this was before Benedict when he takes the uh, when he finds the ticket stub, and he takes it back to his uh, his his home. That's when he discovers that he can put like his his hand through the wall and how it has like these powers. But I do think that it comes after that funeral, which I'll get into right now. 
Slater interfere, interferes with Vivaldi's plan to murder his rival mob by releasing a lethal gas during a funeral atop a skyscraper. He and Danny go to stop it, but are waylaid by practice, who reveals that Danny was right. He was working for Vivaldi. Whiskers, the cartoon cat, kills practice, saving Slater and Danny, and the two manage to prevent any deaths by the gas release. Learning that Vivaldi's plan has failed, Benedict kills him, and he uses the stub to escape into the real world, pursued by Slater and Danny. And that guy whose funeral they were at, his name was Leo the Fart. And I like how they, the way they started the bomb was by pulling his finger. That's when uh, Arnold takes him out of the casket. He's like, this guy's not dead. And he ends up like, Danny ends up like maneuvering a crane to the, to the rooftop. What happens in that scene? Like, how does he get Arnold? Him? Arnold throw he, so so Arnold fireman carried the fat dead guy whose belly for all the listeners is full of like n- stolen nerve gas from the government or something like that. <laughs> and so, not making this up. And so he fireman's carry the guy, then he throws him just like blindly over his back over the side of the building, and the fat guy just happens to land on the hook of the <laughs> crane that uh, Danny had just correctly somehow positioned for the first time operating a crane right near the side of the building. Within two minutes. With a couple of minutes. It was <laughs> and then That's... Arnold's pursued off of the building into the elevator by every every armed mafia member probably in Los Angeles. Drops in the lava pit, right? Or the, the, uh, the tar pit. The tar, tar pit. pit. Sorry. <laughs> and he uses one single paper towel to clean himself off. He's like not even dirty. He gets out, just like sloughs off him. No, uh, uh, what's her name shows up. His daughter shows up with fresh clothes. Says, I, th- "I thought you guys might need some clothes." Slater becomes unhappy upon learning the truth, as well as his mortality in the real world, but cheers up after spending some time with Danny's mom. Meanwhile, Benedict devises a plan to kill the actor portraying Slater in the movie, which is Arnold Schwarzenegger. He learns he can bring other villains from the other movies into the real world and take over. He brings the Ripper, the villain from Jack Slater 3, to the premiere of Jack Slater 4 to assassinate Schwarzenegger. Danny and Slater learn of this and race there. Slater saves Schwarzenegger and kills the Ripper. Benedict appears and shoots Slater, critically injuring him. Danny disarms Benedict, allowing Slater to grab his revolver and shoot Benedict in his explosive glass eye, killing him. However, the blast causes the stub to be lost. With Slater loses losing blood, Danny knows the only way to save him is to return him to the fictional world where he is indestructible. And I think this is the scene, Joe, where you had mentioned uh, earlier about how um, the figure Death appears. Mm-hmm. Who yep. plays him? It, uh... Ian McKellen, so everyone's favorite Magneto from the X-Men franchise, <laughs> among other things he's done. But Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Well, I, I, you know what? I, I did not even pick up on that. And that's one thing about this movie that's so subtle is if you look at sort of the cast, right? So it's all the minor characters are all very well known. Like obviously we saw Arnold himself play himself, but um, I remember seeing MC Hammer in the movie. He was negotiating a contract with Arnold for the Jack Slater 5 soundtrack, if I remember right. (laughs) And there were all kinds of little cameos from like TV hosts who were hosting the, the premiere of the movie. And all kinds of other, you know, random famous people just happen to show up in this movie. But Ian McKellen caught me by surprise when I first saw it. Well, I know Char- Charles Dance is like was like a big Shakespeare actor, and so is McKellen. Yeah. So they probably, probably was like, hey, you want to roll? <laughs> like a lot of those guys kind of fell into Hollywood roles, like by, uh, you know, just, hey, my buddy's a side bullshit actor in these Shakespeare plays too can give him a role. That's how Patrick Stewart became Captain Car- uh, Picard is uh, he was just doing like a lecture on Shakespeare in like Southern California. He was a Shakespeare actor and like somebody walked up to him and said, hey, we're making Star Trek. You want to be in it? So it was probably something. I think McKellen kind of fell into that same thing too. And I know Charles Dance was also a big Shakespeare actor. So it's probably like, hey, you want to be in this movie? You know, can my buddy be in it too? Like, that's kind of let me tell you something about charles dance though he was of all the characters in this movie and for as funny as this movie is he was actually pretty terrifying when you're 13 right yeah i mean i mean he was you know he had conviction resolute he was you know i think he told danny in the movie you know i've killed people younger and smarter than you like (laughs) you're 12 (laughs) fuck yeah he was a great villain 
He's great. Totally. He plays a great villain in Great Game of Thrones, too. So makes sense. He plays one of the uh the Lannisters, right? Yeah, he's uh the Papa, he's Papa Lannister. Yeah. <laughs> okay, look it up. You might have also seen Columbo where he was a bad guy, where he was a murderer. I gotta look it up now. Although I do have to comment now on Tony Vivaldi. Go for it. Because fat fuck that he is. I thought the be- <laughs> I, I thought the best part of his character was his sort of he didn't know how to use common allegories, right? So like doing a 360, he's like, you know, it's doing a 180, you Sicilian schmuck. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought I thought that the characterization of that particular of Tony Vivaldi, beyond the fact of the composer Antonio Vivaldi, the play is perfect. Just the way that, that the character was so an outlandish mob boss, like completely off the reservation, aloof but vindictive. I mean it was it was funny. I like the scene where he gets gets blown away in the pool. What did he say? What does he say? You go 360 on me? Exactly. It's like, no, it's 180, you moron. Sicilian schmuck. Yeah, you Sicilian schmuck. I think it was like spaghetti slurping Sicilian schmuck. Like, that's just perfect. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this was one of those movies that kind of just, kind of just fell under the radar, but it was a great, uh, it was a great Friday night pickup from Blockbuster that you could, you know, grab and you hit the nail right on the head at the beginning where it's nobody saw this in the movies. It was a complete, you know, failure in the movies. But as far as it goes with, you know, like VHS rentals, it was everybody saw it on VHS. I don't know one person that saw or saw this on Prism or saw this on HBO or something. I don't know one person that saw this in the movies. But if you happen to see this overdraft because Jurassic Park was sold out, hey, good for you. Wasn't that horrible? You got a story. No. Yeah. I enjoyed it. To their doom to escape the pain. <laughs> no, not really. I'm lying. It was a complete and utter balls up, and I've had a terrible day thanks largely to you. What is this, Benedict? First, you're my friend. Now you turn a 360 on me. God, 180, you stupid spaghetti slurping cretin. 180. <laughs> If I did a 360, I'd go completely around and end up back where I started. What? Trust me. He was a pretty good villain. That's the thing about being in the mafia. You can't relax. Like, as much money as those guys make, and (laughs) as great food they eat, they have, like, cool hangouts, and, like, they have good taste and stuff, like clothes and cigars and chicks. You just can't relax because someone could just always pull a gun and shoot you. And th- you know they're going to get away with it. Like, I couldn't relax being a criminal like that. It just gets stitches. Yeah. You, just, you, can't, you always have to have eyes in the back of your head. Like, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. Get it. What was Arnold's next big movie after this? We know True Lies. True Lies. Was it True Lies? Yeah, because that was two years later, right? 95? Yeah. Maybe 94, 95. There was nothing I... between that. I just felt like he was cranking out movies back then. Let's see, 90. What? When did Kindergarten Cop come out? That's in there too somewhere. Uh, it oh, came right. out before it. it did. Kindergarten Cop came out nine. I mean, he was on a tear in the nineties. Kindergarten Cop, Terminator Two, Last Action Hero, True Lies, Twins, Racer somewhere. In there. Racer, Twins is eighty. Twins is eighty. Oh. Yeah, Twins is eighty-eight. Oh, okay. That's a that's also a good movie. And then yeah. and then Jingle All the Way, and then he hits a big wall here. Um, he goes, uh, oh, Man and Robin. That, and he, he does that end of days movie. Where, I don't uh, mind that movie. That and the sixth day. I don't mind those movies. Isn't that the same movie? <laughs> Basically, <laughs> they're pretty much the same movie. But I have I, I have a I have a soft spot for Eraser and Jingle All the Way, mainly just I, for the puns and Sinbad as the mailman. I have a soft spot. <laughs> well, well, Jingle All the Way. I think it's like a, at this point for our generation, it's one of the holiday. Holiday classic. Like, that's like a holiday uh, class. I like I like Jingle All the Way. I wouldn't call it a holiday classic for me. But my sisters who are like four and eight years younger than me, they 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 watch Jingle All the Way every year. It was hard not to. That, that, that was it. It was it was this True Lies, Jingle All the Way. I mean, he had some real stinkers in between. Yeah, Batman and Robin. That's a, one of, that's a colossal dog. Uh, then he gets yeah, a rough that, one. Then he goes into that where he's got to take down Satan. I just remember him like 
end of days, Joe. I just remember him. I'm a fucking, you're a fucking choir, choir boy. boy. You're a fucking choir boy. And he's yelling this at Satan. It's Satan he's fighting. I know. I, I like Gabriel Byrne as Satan in that movie. Yeah. I really did. You're a fucking choir boy. And I'm like, isn't that the devil? Like, wouldn't that be like the one guy that you couldn't be more evil than? I just, I have such a soft, I just have a soft spot for Eraser just because of James Caan as the villain. And when he shoots an alligator in the head, he tells it, your luggage. I mean, he saves, like, I think it was, like, Vivica A. Fox. He saves her from the alligator, shoots it in the head, and just says, your luggage. Doesn't he hit James Caan with a train at the yeah, end? At the, the, at the end, he's like, you've been erased. And then the train just burrows through the limousine. It's, just, it's perfect. I don't remember collateral damage. He was a firefighter in that movie, if I recall. But Terminator Three, I remember stunk. I remember I yeah. took I took a girl on a date to see that, and I wanted to leave. She wanted to stay, and needless to say, that was her first and last date. I was like, if you're willing to sit through this, you're not for me. I don't even think uh, I saw. It. I think it got such bad reviews. I was like, yeah, no thanks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I saw that. Like, going again. And then he was governor. Then he was the governor, and he didn't do another movie till 2010. I tell you what, Kindergarten Cop is, is one of my favorites of his. I mean, it was that was a that was a fucking funny movie. It had enough action in it, but it was that it was, he was just funny. The kids were funny in that movie. That was a good one. That was the pinnacle of his career, Tim. Yeah, that was that's ninety and ninety one with Kindergarten Cop and Terminator Two. That was the pinnacle of his career. I mean, leading into that, he was just stone like just not even hits, but just awesome movies. Predator. Twins, Total Recall, Commando, like, Kindergarten Cop. He was just, these are all like classic movies. Like, he licensed a print money. Yeah. Commando. Uh, yeah. Come on. I actually like was the movie all... Red Heat he made about being a Russian cop chasing cocaine dealers. That's a good movie. Right. I, don't, I, don't, I heard it. Well, well, it has Jim Belushi in it as a buddy cop, and you can't beat that. Oh, here you go. This is one we forgot. Junior, where he plays a pregnant man. God. <laughs> He did that after True Lies. So I guess True Lies was like... Uh, I think they're making a sequel to that, Bill. Or no, they're making a sequel to Twins. Yeah, I heard about that. Tracy really? I, I didn't hear that. Tracy yeah, they're making Hill. a sequel to Twins. And Tracy. I think there's a third twin, and I forget who. It, it's some... The Tracy. plot's even more ridiculous. It's Tracy Morgan. Yeah, it's and, Tracy and he's, Morgan. And he's, and, he's, and he's playing their long-lost adopted brother. So so is Danny DeVito making a return to this movie? Yes. yes. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, you can't you can't remake or do that, anything in that particular franchise. You don't have Danny DeVito in some capacity. I haven't Hell, seen him since It's Always Sunny, Danny DeVito. He hasn't done anything. Kind of a semi-retired. You know, he can go live. He's living the dream. I mean, look, all it, it's always sunny. He's great, and he he can do whatever he wants at this point. Yeah, they only do like 10 episodes a year of that now. I think they really scaled back the amount of episodes they do. So the first, he probably only works episodes, for that three weeks a year. Some, some of the best episodes were the first season before he even joined the cast, and then he, the show yeah. really took off when he joined the cast. Like, the show's been on forever. Think about that. I was, in, I was still in college when that show uh, came out. What was that, like 2005 or 2006, that story? Three, yeah, four, it might have been in 2004 or 05 is when it wow. first came out. Because I remember they were filming it, I was like – I was like trying to always be like an extra. <laughs> like I was always trying to find out like where they were filming. I was almost an extra in Invincible. Remember that movie with Marky Mark? Oh yeah, <laughs> where he where he plays that evil special team role. Were you gonna be in that? Yeah. I was gonna be an extra. Yeah, I was totally gonna be an extra. But I was like, I was like, always work. I had like two jobs in college. I was always working. I could never like find a time to go do it. The Patty's Pub from that show. I heard like so many people would come from out of town and look for that Patty's Pub that somebody just decided to open one, like replica pub. I don't even know where it's at. I think it's somewhere in South Philly, but yeah, but that's a cash cow. If you think about it. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's like Cheers in Boston. It's like it's a it's a it's a tourist trap. Everybody yeah. goes to fucking Cheers in Boston. I don't because I'm because I'm normal. But everybody <laughs> but everybody else goes to Cheers. I, I I went there the first time I went to Boston. I fell right into that tourist trap, and I just remember the the cheer the actual bar called Cheers is is like a basement bar. So they had to build like a replica set upstairs. You couldn't even sit at the replica set. They were just like, well, you can't go in there, but that's what the Cheers set looked like in California. Stupid. It's yeah. completely uh, bullshit. It was making money for them. Basically, the end of the movie is that uh, Danny returns later to his uh, his universe where he instantly 
His wounds are instantly healed. Danny returns to his real world before the portal closes. And then after Slater is recovered, he enthusiastically embraces the true nature of his reality when he talks to Decker at the very end about his new plan and appreciating the differences between the two worlds. You know the cost of that dough is coming right out of your meager but undeserved paycheck. Only kind I got to save the Eagle Foundation during the fucking tango up and down my Alicia Highway. Put a sock in it. I don't care who does what to your Hershey Highway. And stop shouting. I'm not deaf. You know why you're shouting? Because it's in the script. You had the comic relief. Yes. And you know what else? I am the hero. So shut up! Can you imagine walking into your boss's office and saying that to him or her? I think you would actually. Now, nowadays, you probably could because they'd be so afraid that you would quit. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I can't <laughs> imagine my boss talking about the Hershey Highway. You know, just right out of, right out of the gate. Just not his thing. Was that, did he slip in their one F-bomb for the PG-13 rating? I thought I heard a fuck. Yeah, you heard a fuck. Yeah, you're allowed one F-bomb in a PG-13. They got their, they got their fucking. Met the quote and moved on. (laughs) You can pretty much say whatever you want. Like after like eight o'clock at night on like regular TV now, you can say shit. I mean, I've heard, I've seen fuck on on network TV like past 10 o'clock. You really can just, I mean, I don't think you can show nudity, but you could say pretty much anything you want now. I think nudity is like the last thing. That's still for like HBO, Showtime, whatever. But yeah, they mm. throw some fucks in there every now and then. Comedy Central used to show the uh, South Park movie at like eleven o'clock at night on uh, on Saturday nights. Yeah, I think the fear was always like a kid's gonna get the remote control and like scroll through. But most people now they they, they ah, those kids are fucked. It was a little off top, but I did like the soundtrack to this movie too. Oh, the soundtrack was oh, was dope, amazing. Yeah. I mean, Rick Rubin produced ACDC. I mean, it didn't get any bigger than that. It was all metal. It was all like, or not like. It was all like, yeah. rock, like late eighties rock, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Like, it, was it was like a merge of like it was Alice in Chains, Queensrÿche, Anthrax, ACDC, Megadeth. I know I'm missing a bit. Def Leppard. Yeah, it was like a little upset of a hodgepodge, but like the ACDC song was like like the big sound, like single, big you know summer hit. Shit that you and can that listen theme. to with explosion. Totally. Yeah, very very cliche soundtrack to go with a very cliche campy movie. Like it was just. Yeah. It's good, 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 trashy, trashy, good time, man. It was ahead of its time. I don't think people had this type of humor back when this. Came no, out. it's a shame that it didn't do well. Like you said, like it's a shame that the toys didn't do well. It's a shame that they're selling for fifteen dollars a line because th- think about yeah, how, how many shit movies ended up end up becoming big hits with like huge toy lines and merchandise and something like this that was that was again it was just a good time and it just fell under the radar. Not anybody's like top twenty list. It's just it was it was just it's just we got swallowed up. Just like we talked about UHF, right? In the summer of eighty nine, how that got swallowed up. This movie got swallowed up. There's too many big things coming out at the same time. They should have they should have brought this out like like what, like the spring, maybe the fall. It would have did a little better. I think they just had they said Arnold who produ- who was the who was the production company for this? Was it a, a big studio? It, I know it wasn't Universal because that was Jurassic Park. What? This was back when before there was only two. There's only two movies companies make movies anymore. The Warner Brothers or Disney. That's it. it was, <laughs> this was back when there's a million movie companies. Columbia Pictures made this. Columbia. Okay, so that's that was their big summer blockbuster. They just they got the shit end of the stick, man. It came <laughs> out June June thirteenth, nineteen ninety three. And when Jurassic Park June eighteenth, June eighteenth in the United States. I think Jurassic Park came out the week before. Yeah, there you go. If this would have yeah. came out maybe Labor Day weekend, which would have been a week before Jurassic Park, maybe would have did better. I think if they had half a brain, if they put this out in like February. I'm sorry, Tim. What did you say? What, when did this come out? Did it came what? out. Uh, it premiered on the 13th, like the red carpet premiere. Mm. And then it got general release on the 18th. In the U.S.? Yeah. <laughs> Jurassic Park came out June 11th, the week before. Oh, oh yeah. So that's what I mean. Like, if you would have did this Labor Day weekend, forget it. It would have blew I can't imagine any movie coming out in between June and August of 1993. Nothing. Like, you could have put out the best movie in history, and Jurassic Park ate it like a fucking Tyrannosaurus. Yeah. Yeah, it needed to come out a week earlier. Or even a week before Memorial. I don't know. Just like, it just, I just feel feel like it it would have got a better traction had it not been in direct competition with that movie. Because think about it people go on vacation, right? So people go on vacation all summer. And what if you were on vacation the weekend Jurassic Park came out? You're going to see it the following weekend, right? Which is when The Last Action Hero came out. So it just... This was bad. It fail. 
This was back when people would still go see movies over and over. And yeah. Over Although I can imagine people going to see Jurassic Park on their vacation just because. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah it rained down the shore one day. Oh, yeah, down, down Ocean City, Jersey. You just go to the Surf Mall Theater, go right there. People would see movie, the same movies. If they really liked the movie, they'd see it three times just because back then you had to wait like a year for the VHS. Like you didn't yeah. get the movie digitally like a month after it was out of the theaters or while it's in the theaters now. Like so VHS, I remember like it took a solid, like after the movie was out of the theater, it took a solid year to see a VHS. It's people, people were trying to get it in, man. I'd rather see, and the, well, the reviews for this weren't good. So people went off those reviews, man. They're going to go see. It's like going up against Star Wars. It's like going up against an Avengers movie now or something. You know, it's just, you're it's fucked. <laughs> yeah, you just, get, you just get brigaded and you're done. Yeah. Especially <laughs> if your reviews aren't good. I think back then they didn't like, like a lot of these movies, they'll, like Fat Man movies or something, they'll be like, this is the release date, like two years in the future. So you can kind of plan around it now. Whereas back then, they might have announced Jurassic Park to the general public, like, what, like three weeks before it came out, maybe a month? Yeah, I mean, they would they would start pushing it heavier at the end there, but they would give release dates back then, but it wasn't, like, it would be a year out, like, or a couple years out. Like, now, like, they give release dates for movies, like, five, six years out. Like, if you look, if you go to, like, like, the prime example would be, like, Marvel Studios. They have, like, their release dates out for 2027. Like, and you don't know, they don't even know who's going to be in the fucking movies. You just know Fantastic Four 2 is coming out June 2026. So, like, back then, it's like, what? There like, might not be United States. You got, like, a year. It would be like, we want this, <laughs> like, when Ghostbusters was coming out, they were like, we want this for the summer 84. And it was, like, 82. Like, there, it was, like, a two-year thing, like. But now it's just further and further out. You know, it's just it is yeah, what it is. But. I, I remember back in summer of 2019 when we went out to uh, Pittsburgh for the Phillies and Pirates series. I remember we were sitting at that bar uh, on a Saturday night after after the Phillies game. And that, I think, was around like the San Diego Comic-Con where they announced like all the movies that are coming out in the next couple of years of Marvel that the whole like timeline or phase four or whatever they're on. And we're just reading them and we're like like WandaVision, like what the fuck is that? Like we thought it would be a movie. Here it is. It's a, it's a television show. Same thing with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and, uh, you know, Doctor Strange too. Like they, they just throw out, this is what we're coming with. We don't have a story. We don't know who's going to be in it, who's going to be the villain, but it's coming. The release dates are more important than the movies. I found what I was looking for, a Danny toy. There was a Danny toy. It was <laughs> a Danny all, toy. <laughs> it's it wasn't just all Jack Slater's. What about a creepy old man? Madigan. That he lives in. Do they have one of those? What's that? The creepy old man who lives in a movie theater. Did they have that? What was his name? Nick last. Nick. I... Like, how much longer did he keep that theater open? Because now, like, theaters in New York City are like, like amusement parks, for Christ's sake. That was like right as like New York City was turning. There's like 16 different Jack Slaters. There is a Benedict. I found a Benedict. He comes with a, like a briefcase full of guns. And, he, and also, yeah, actually, the Benedict toy looks the best. He also comes with a like a silencer, and he's got his like fake eye in. He, it's that's that's a, that's an awesome looking toy. I may have to buy one of these and mail it to Bill just because. Yeah. Well, Jim and I we're going to a uh, toy convention in uh, upstate New Jersey next week. I wonder if the, they will not have any Jacks later. I don't. No, they won't have anything there. But is it in the caucus? It's uh, where is it? Yeah, big convention. So that's why I went to Sopranos concert caucus. It, I think it might be it might it's it's North Jersey. It's not close to New York. It's like parallel to the Pocono. Oh, okay. Oh, this was this was like right outside of New York. It's uh it's in Fairfield, New Jersey. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll be a good time. Danny Madigan toys going for about twelve bucks. You will find a last action here at Toy that Convention. I guarantee you will. <laughs> and I'll buy it for you. I do. In the package. I did not see any Nick toys. Get me a Warriors toy. You know there's going to be a Warriors toy up there. Oh, they, I found the, uh, they got a, what's his name? The Ripper? The Ripper, okay. Yeah, Yeah. they got a Ripper toy. He That's comes great. with an axe and a trench coat. Perfect. I'm all about villains. Do they have the police chief, Decker? That's what I'm looking for. It's a, it's <laughs> slim pickings. They got, he comes with a couple different cars. But anyway, so for, uh, for final thoughts, uh, I'll just, wrap it up with this with my uh my two cents i i really liked it it's a fun movie again it would it's a good movie to you know, back in the day you rent a blockbuster on a friday night 
again, I think it just got a bad rap. Um, I think some people just went into it thinking it was just going to be an action movie and they didn't really think it was going to be a comedy and have a bunch of parodies and cliches and jabs at other action movies. So I feel like if you go into this thinking that it's going to be a, an action movie, you're going to be pretty disappointed. Yeah, I'll, I'll conclude with this. I, it's, it's, it's quite a ride. You know, I, I love the tropes. I love the movie within a movie. I love the ridiculous, uh, you know, the awful one-liners, Arnold being Arnold all these great things about it. The one negative I have of this movie, and it's only one, it's a little over two hours, and that's about a little bit too much time. Yeah. If this was it about does 15, run. It does if run. This was, if this was about 15 to 20 minutes shorter, and there are plenty of places where they can make a couple of cuts, make it flow a little bit better, I think it would have been, it may not have improved its watchability at the time and when it came out, because they, apparently nobody liked it, but it may have got a few more butts in the seats and a little bit better review had it not been over two hours long. Yeah. Because most of Arnold's movies are like an hour and 20, hour and 30, like Commando, Predator, hour 30, hour 35. And they're perfectly timed with the, with the right amount of action and speed. This one just ran a little bit too long for, for, for me, but it's still great, but a little bit too long. I agree with Joe 100%. It's about a half hour too long. Yeah. And uh, the, other, the other negative I have was how does Arnold not bang the kid's mom when he sleeps at the apartment? Like single mom, kind of hot. Like Arnold's definitely nailing that chick. If this is, if this movie's going to really stand the test of time, but definitely worth a rewatch. Or if you haven't seen it, definitely worth a watch. Uh, approach it as a comedy. Don't watch it expecting it to be. It's kind of like how Commando is kind of a comedy now. It's kind of like on that level. Like you watch Commando, it's all one-liners, and you're laughing your ball. He when he kills the guy with the steam pipe, like you're laughing your ass off. This movie did that intentionally. It wasn't like this was ahead of its time. This movie definitely worth a watch. It definitely has the explosions you want, though. The cars flying a hundred yes. feet in the air. The dude, yeah, when, the dude, the dude getting killed by the fucking ice cream cone. Yeah, I was about to say when the guy I iced that guy to cone a phrase. Like that, that's that's the one-liners just flying that, and it's kind of like it's like a commando type. Like it's commando, they were being dead serious, and this they were in total recall. They were being dead. Serious. Don't wake my friend; he's dead tired after he breaks the guy's neck yeah. on the airplane. Yeah. Like or they're commando. doing that shit in this movie <laughs> as as like a spoof, and just at that time nobody got it or nobody cared to get it. Or yeah, it was just I mean, I think you pointed out to me it was like next level humor. Yeah, like I mean, I mean, everybody who watched Commando knew at the at the end when he threw the pipe through Bennett's chest, you know, let off some steam, Bennett, and the guy's steaming out of his fucking chest, like that became classic. But it was actually at the time a, a serious movie. Yeah, it's, but then you get this stuff, and then later the you know the cone in the back of the guy's head. I mean, come on. There's actually more ridiculous scenes in Commando than there is in this movie. Oh, totally. Especially, <laughs> Sorry. Before, we get, before, before yeah. Tim gives his final thoughts, the best Sorry, scene of Commando is when the guy goes, the guy to goes to negotiate with somebody. He's like, uh, "Let's talk about where your daughter is, right?" And he's like, "Wrong!" And he just blows him away. Like, doesn't even care about getting his kid back in the hostage situation. Just <laughs> that, that that might be the best scene. But go ahead, Tim. I think Commando needs to be the next movie then. It, we are running through Arnold movies. We might as well keep it going. You know, I mean, <laughs> Arnold has. A, I, mean, I mean, there's a decade where Arnold just has gem after gem after gem. All of them. We could do every single Arnold movie from like 1989 to 1999 and have endless content. He was the license for money. He really was. I mean, he was he was a marquee name. He still is. If he did a movie today where he was the man, you know, everybody would go see it. Ah, people online. Oh, watch the Expendables. I saw all of them. He was great in the first two. Little yeah, one-liners, classic one. His classic one-liners in a modern movie. I mean, he's perfect. Yeah, this this was. I would say this is the one of the best average movies I've ever seen. If that makes sense. Like this was like one of the best, just like middle of the road. Like if I had to pick like my middle of the road movies, were like okay, I like them. I'd put this up there as like this is like a very very enjoyable, just like average movie, like low expectations. And I haven't seen it in a while before I watched it recently, but yeah, it's one of those things where if it's like two in the morning and you're getting ready to go to bed and you accidentally flick onto the next channel and you see this, you're like, fuck, I know I got to see this scene. I got to see that scene. Okay. I'll stop when he sees the Ripper again on the, on the rooftop 
and he plays the games. Like, okay, we've seen this movie before. What, what, what happens next, Jack? You know, like I love that kind of shit. Um, so this this was a this was a movie that was uh, that should have done a lot better. And I think there's a lot of people that were involved in this movie that are probably kicking themselves, second guessing themselves of how it could have been bigger than it, it really you know it was. But um, yeah, it just just came out the wrong summer, the wrong weekend. It happens. Sometimes you you win, sometimes you don't. Amen, brother. Got a good pick. Good pick, though, because I, I yeah I've just seen a lot of his. I think the Predator was on, the first Terminator was on. I think Conan was on recently, where he kills Will Chamberlain. Oh, I would love to Conan the Barbarian. Conan the Barbarian is a good one. Um, there was another one that I saw on YouTube. The first one he ever did a documentary where he's smoking marijuana, pumping iron, pumping iron. Yeah, and he's. That is a that is something else, Mr. Olympia. It always shows up in my YouTube recommendations, that scene. I don't know why, because I don't do drugs, you know, whatever, but it, that's always showing up in my scenes is that one of him. My YouTube recommendations are so Before random. Are you talking about Common? <laughs> I have one, too. My, YouTube, my top YouTube recommendation is this handicapped-looking guy, practice session, Steve Vai, for the love of God. And then something about um, uh, COVID nineteen in Beirut. Like it's just random. My YouTube recommendations. Maybe maybe because I use a uh, VPN. I don't want people stalking me. That could be it. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's why it's so random. All right, so that'll do for this episode. Rewind it back. Thank you all for listening. As always, we can be found on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and Breaker. If you like what you heard, give us a rating. Subscribe to the podcast. Uh, We also have an Instagram account. You can follow us there too. Thank you all again for listening and goodbye.